Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 12 of the Convergence podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Valuri and today's guest is Michael Yoshimura. I came across his work for the first time when he released his short film Shotun Guy and I've wanted to speak with him ever since to understand his thought process and mindset while developing that amazing film. We spoke in depth about how he developed the narrative and the technical pipeline for the film and also his experiences during his architectural studies and how that has influenced his work ever since there are so many great things to take away from this episode so i hope you all enjoy it i really don't know much about your origin and how you got into this design industry as a whole so i think it'll be great to kind of dive deep into that and kind of unpack a bit more about how you went about your schooling in architecture and then mm-hmm. spread out into design and filmmaking concept art those kind of things yeah for sure yeah so i guess um I, yeah I, i guess my journey in a sense was was kind of standard as far as you know going going through the whole application process coming out of high school in, in north america and and in my case in canada um as far as yeah like applying to uh you know multiple architecture schools i i always knew uh like when i was young um i'm sure if you've heard of warhammer warhammer 40,000 yeah. i was i was like super i was like super into that when i was a kid and obviously like star wars mm-hmm. and all that stuff so you know i i always loved like science fiction and like science fiction narrative um and like design was always like kind of like i was always thinking about design and like and, and kit bashing that kind of stuff right so when it came to like uh choosing choosing i guess a career or a profession to study in university I, i always knew that i wanted to do something you know more artistic or like engineering design related right mm-hmm. um and architecture i guess was kind of that perfect that perfect blend um actually one of my one of my best friends um his older sister actually went to uh architecture school and so just having conversations with her um and he was also like big into art and design as well um so that like having that conversation was actually like really kind of influential in me actually going into architecture school mm-hmm. um so then yeah like uh i mean you know i i applied to a couple of schools um and then basically chose chose carlton um up in ottawa and in canada at least there's a, around i think eight to 10 accredited architecture schools and Carlton's obviously one of them so there there's actually not a lot of options to choose from um so then yeah i don't know i just went i just went through uh through my undergrad there um how long really, is the undergrad course over there for architecture yeah it's it's four years and yeah. is there a professional internship that's part of that curriculum or yeah yeah so that that's a good question so some schools um have professional internships part of their undergraduate program um but carlton doesn't so that was actually one of the things that um that i i wanted to do so i actually just took a like a a co-op like a one year one year off in between my third and fourth year okay. to work work professionally um so yeah i i just kind of like went out um kind of on my own initiative and 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 a lot of people do that but that's kind of one downside to that that program at my school but it, it was still worthwhile before you went into architecture was there any moment like let's say right after high school where you were in two minds whether you want to go into 
maybe fine arts or just some more so-called artistic field rather than a technical field with design, which is architecture, essentially kind of a mixture of the two fields. Yeah, actually, it was, it was actually kind of the opposite. I was like, I was like super into athletics. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love soccer. I've been playing for probably, well, like, like 12, 12 years. Um, so up until that point, I was like, hey, maybe I should go into something like athletic related as in like uh, kinesiology or like do like chiropractor or something like that. But um, I guess that like while that was one of my passions as far as like what I was like, I guess intuitively do that. Um, I guess like chemistry and like biology and that kind of stuff. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't my, uh, my strong suit. Right. So I was like, okay, maybe, hey, maybe I probably shouldn't go into that, right? So that was that was actually kind of like the backup option, which which that idea thankfully kind of faded away very quickly after after it came to the realization that I, I wasn't that, that good at that stuff as far as like making that a career, right? Because mm -hmm. obviously, you know, becoming a, a professional footballer is it's it's like you know yeah, I mean that's a very very competitive <laughs> right? yeah. field, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Exactly yeah so i was curious like as you went through the four year five years of your architecture studies did you always have this inclination of blending science fiction and other allied fields of design into your work or was it something that came up towards the point where you were doing the thesis um yeah it, it came up more as i was kind of growing in the profession so like i said like i did that four year undergrad um I, I took a year off to, to work um, at a small, like super design oriented firm in Toronto. Um, and then, so after, after I graduated from my undergrad, um, I took another year off to work. Um, and so I worked abroad in Tokyo, which was like super awesome. Oh, wow. nice. um, and then, and then I came back for like the rest of that half year. And then that's when I applied uh, for my master's and, th and then I did two years again of master's and then now I just graduated um last it was last May so yeah so kind of like throughout that whole journey of you know like working and then just finding out what I'm good at um I guess the more and especially in my master's um the first year of master's they have these um these things called like option studios where they the school brings in guest professors to teach various studio classes um, ra rather than like a very strict uh, cur curriculum, which happens every year, right? Mm -hmm. So every year it, it, it switches up depending on the professors, which is really great for the students, right? Because you get this really wide range mm -hmm. of like topics and things. So it's almost like with. an elective based on the kind of professor that comes in. It, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I, I, got, I got to work with some pretty cool professors, one from, um, one from uh, Columbia GSAF, um, which is nice. also like a really good school in yeah. uh, in in New York, um, and he was like, yeah, he was like super awesome with kind of like the the agenda that he brought in, and kind of just the way he was approaching architecture, which is more like let's say concept art, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess like as I was kind of going through my masters and wanting to like obviously refining my skills. You know, I've always had a passion for like photography and doing archviz, right? Which is obviously like CGI stuff, right? So I'm like, okay, how can I in integrate these things 
into my projects more, right? And then the more I found myself doing that CGI artist stuff, I was like, I, I kept being drawn to like, you know, animation, right? Like how, how can I, how can I push, you know, a still image further, right? Like the next logical step would be animation, right? Yep. So it, it was kind of like a snowball effect of like me kind of pursuing things and then just it growing from there. How was the reaction of the, let's say, the jurors and the teachers who were critiquing your work in terms of you wanting to bring in these ideas from concept art, science fiction and other fields? Because I remember when I was studying architecture, they, there was a lot of pushback because they wanted me to focus on real world design as opposed to yeah. this conceptual style. What yeah, was your yeah, experience yeah. like? Yeah, no, that that's, that's a great question. Honestly, like... I would say, especially especially my masters, maybe maybe not so much in my undergrad, but in masters when we were doing those like those vertical studios or like those option studios, like again these professors were were pretty like badass in their approach, right? They're very like you know kind of like going going against the grain, so they very much encourage that. But I would say yeah, in my undergrad, I would say the um, the professors were maybe maybe kind of like not cut from the same cloth right so they're very much about yeah, doing practical stuff mm -hmm. and real world stuff but that that question that you mentioned about like you know let's say for, for those of you who don't know you know what 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 happens in an architecture school you finish your project right and then you present it to yeah basically a group of let's say four five six professors as like your final critique so yeah, so like in some of those projects, depending on, you know, who's in your jury, right? You know, like you, you, like, you know how it is, right? You get the list, it's like, all right, all my friends are in the same jury, great. And then like, you see the list of professors and then you're like, oh damn, I, I've got this guy or like this girl who's like, you know, they're very practical. I feel like they're not gonna like my project, mm. like that kind of thing, right? So yeah, there's obviously like, when you're presenting it to, you know, whatever jury, you know, some sometimes like they just didn't get it. They're just like looking at it, it's like, what's going on here? Like I've never seen a, a quote unquote architecture project like this before, right? Because it's very unconventional, right? Which is obviously what like myself and I'm sure what you you were trying to do too, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's like I don't know. It, it was always a mixed bag, but I'd say it's better to be more more radical and kind of push push the things that you're interested in. No, I completely agree with that. Like you need to keep experimenting with the ideas that you have and clearly you've gone down that path eventually. So that's that's great. And of course, now you've had a couple of experiences like working in different countries and completing your master's as well. So now you have that level of maturity to stick with your vision and ideas. But as an undergrad student, maybe in the first or second year, did you feel any sense of demotivation or feel like the professors weren't understanding what you were trying to do? Um, I would say I would say less in undergrad because I was maybe maybe more interested in actually doing like like cool like architectural projects mm -hmm. whereas in masters I was really trying to do non-architectural projects right or do more like yeah conceptual design or like concept art style you know very yeah very very like science fiction kind of stuff so yeah so I I didn't really encounter that that much in 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 undergrad like I, I don't know like what what was your experience um 
as far as like like did did you do a masters or like no i didn't do in, i didn't in, do in a masters in architecture i did i completed my undergrad and then after that i went to fzd school of design in singapore which is a mm-hmm. specific specialized concept art school okay and so for me the turning point was somewhere in the middle of the course so in india it's like a five year long course where you have a one year professional internship at the end of the course Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the around the middle of the course, we had to do this hospital design, which I took on in a more conceptual sense, and they essentially yeah. failed that design. So that's when that turning point oh, okay. came in terms of focusing more on concept art. Right, right. Yeah. So, so in in India, is it like for your studio project, is it like pass or fail, or do they give you like a, like a percentage grade or like the, no? If you fail the if you fail the final jury, you need to resubmit a new portfolio the next semester. Really? So yeah. it's it's pass or fail over there. Essentially, yeah. 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 So yeah, that was a bit discouraging, but anyway, kind of after that point onwards, I just focused on doing the best so-called realistic projects as per their requirements, yeah. but also developing my ideas on the side. But I just couldn't submit it for any projects. But yeah, that's Damn, how that, it went. Right. Damn, that's pretty crazy. Like, I I remember. Like some of my professors were obviously, you know, in their sixties and seventies, and they're saying, you know, when when they were there, when they were doing their undergrad in Canada, um, back in the day, it was also like a five-year professional program. Mm-hmm. Um, like in, in North America, they changed it about 10, 15 years ago, where you need to do an accredited undergrad and an accredited master's before you can start getting your architectural license, right? Oh, okay. So so. So they're saying like, yeah, when when we were, you know, very young and doing their five-year undergrad, um, it was only pass or fail. Um, and they're saying like, oh yeah, and like nowadays you, you guys have it so easy because yeah, basically no one fails. So like, um, like to hear that, um, like, I guess in other parts of the world that still pass or fail, honestly, it's kind of like a good or bad thing because in reality, I feel like giving like a project uh, like, oh, you got like a like a b minus on this it's a bit kind of like wishy-washy right like what what's a b minus design <laughs> yeah, right it's true. like it, it it makes no sense in my opinion right that's it's like true. the design either works or it doesn't right so but i mean obviously again that student, subjectivity comes in right like you was mentioning yeah. earlier when based on the professors who are critiquing the work the project yeah. could either be perceived well or perceived badly so Again, it's yeah. like such a complicated thing to even judge a design at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was also curious, like your experiences working and studying in Canada versus working in Japan, how different was the culture in terms of the work ethic, in terms of the way they were perceiving design itself? Yeah, it was, I mean, from a, I guess from a, like a professional point of view, as far as like the, the ins and outs of just like doing the task is like, was like totally different like the the professional work culture right like um have you ever been to japan i haven't been to japan but i know a couple of people who interned there and they told me essentially some horror stories of working close to 16 hours a day and yeah it was pretty rough for them yeah yeah that's like that that's like a very it's, it's true like it's the it's a real reality over there right like i mean i so i just did like a, a four-month internship over there mm-hmm. um and and the firm that i was part of i was actually very lucky because they they didn't run it like a slave ship 
<laughs> so I mean, for for the interns, it was actually it was actually pretty pretty awesome. I would say out of like those four months, I probably only had to work like maybe two weeks where it was like brutal hours, but that was obviously because we had a big deadline on mm -hmm. a project, right? Um, so other than that, honestly, like I feel like, yeah, I, I've heard, or like my other architecture friends, I've heard horror, horror stories of like how they treat their interns as far as like the crazy hours <laughs> that they have. But yeah. honestly, I, I, I feel so lucky that I didn't have that that bad experience. Yeah, I think you, but I mean, I mean, gauging by that, that's pretty a good experience, I would say, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I uh, like the one thing that I was amazed of over there was obviously like um, I feel I feel like it's like this in Europe or like basically anywhere outside North America. Like as far as like the design and arts culture, it's like such a part of their history mm -hmm. um, and culture that they like the things that they let's say like accept or perceive as like standard over there it's like obviously very like art and design oriented so to be an architect over there you're actually you know you're actually given almost like more leeway to do more crazy more amazing work than over here right like your clients are more more interested in like risk management let's say than than taking a risk and being like hey this is something that i that i haven't seen before right like over there, they're like, yeah, I want something that I haven't seen before, right? Whereas mm -hmm. over here, yeah, just just give me a box with like a, a gable roof and let's call it a day, right? It's That's like, true. Yeah, it also allows you to experiment more in a situation like that where you have the freedom to kind of pitch wacky ideas and crazy things that you may not have seen before. But I guess yeah. there are pros and cons to both things because in a situation where you have complete freedom as well, then there's no restrictions or let's say benchmarks that you're trying to adhere to so especially at a younger age where you don't have that much experience in design you may just get caught up in trying to come up with a new idea rather than trying to execute anything so i guess there are pros and yeah. cons yeah yeah i mean like over like the office that i was in it was still like very much kind of like a like a standard process as far as like your schematic design and design phase right like you know you're only spending maybe maybe like 20% or like 50% of the time and then the rest of that time is executing it right but obviously like with their like for the full-time staff had like obviously longer hours than the interns so yeah that like that's where they put in that extra time as far as trying to yeah trying to really finesse that design which is which like over here in in Canada like just wouldn't happen right I see and now, in terms of your professional work, are you taking on all kinds of work? Like, are you doing architecture, concept, film, everything? Or what's the situation yeah, so, right now? Yeah, so right now, um, I'm, I'm doing a bit of everything. Uh, I, I've kind of just started basically the past year um, with the whole pandemic situation, right? As far as finding a full-time job has actually been pretty difficult, surprisingly, um, or maybe not so surprisingly. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've basically just taken the initiative to do um, to do more freelance work, um, doing yeah, arch biz, um, and just, I, I've had some kind of like uh, impromptu connections, um, doing like some some video editing for this, uh, this rock climbing company. Um, so yeah, like doing some videography for that, felt like video editing, and then, you know, like, 
kind of odd jobs with um with like vfx studios like i i just completed a project doing like a 3d lighting um job for a, a iphone game commercial so interesting yeah i guess really just trying to build up like my personal portfolio so it's almost like a cg generalist of sorts tackling yeah. various aspects yeah yeah exactly. that's awesome yeah I was actually going through your Instagram feed and I had seen this BMW, if I'm not wrong, that you had modded and lit really well. And you had mentioned that you had textured it in substance. And mm -hmm. I wanted to know, like, how did you go about learning so many different softwares? Because substance is not something that's I mean, taught in an architecture school. You must have yeah. taken up your own initiative to learn it. So how has that process been like? Yeah, so I guess that kind of started from my thesis, right? Um, as far as wanting to do a short film um, and, and or, or, or wanting to do in like a, an animated CG short film, right? Like how to execute that, right? And then that obviously led me to learning Blender. Um, mm -hmm. So, so um, the thesis or like the academic year in Canada, um, it's eight months, right? So basically in those eight months, you have eight months to execute your thesis, right? So basically, started I, I learned blender in basically eight months um that's, which, insane. Which was, that's insane yeah which is uh, great because uh, sorry to yeah. stop you i, I want to just take I a couple go, of steps back and kind of take it from in a sequential manner first of all what was the reaction when you pitched the idea of doing a short film as your thesis because that's something that's not pretty common i'm assuming yeah yeah so um i, I was lucky once again that like um in in Canada, like usually when you're going into your final thesis year, you usually get to choose your thesis professor. Mm. Um, so it in a way it's like you're you're applying for a mentorship, right? It's like it's like, okay, I, I have my let's say top three professors. I, I, I pitch what I want to do for my thesis to each of them, and then they're like, okay, you're a good fit for me, or like you're not a good fit, right? Oh, so but yeah, so like my top choice. Um he was he actually did his thesis at um, Bartlett in, in in the UK, which awesome. I'm sure you've heard of, which yeah, is yeah. like one of the top schools actually in the world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're familiar with the stuff that Bartlett does, it's it's like pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, in fact, I have two of my close friends who are studying there right now, so nice. they keep sending yeah. pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great school, and they're like really kind of pushing the agenda as far as yeah, like what is architecture, right? Especially like in an academic setting. So yeah, I, I was super lucky that he was there. And then obviously like he loves crazy stuff. So he's like, yeah, man, I'm like, I'm all for it. Like, let's do it. Let's, let's go all out. Like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then take us through the process. Like how was the learning process like and coming up with the idea? And I was going through your website and reading the brief about it. You mentioned this mm -hmm. term called Shinto techno animism. I, I just want to understand that at a deeper level. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the whole, so, so yeah, the whole idea was, okay, I want to do a short film and obviously I want it to be, you know, very spatial, very architectural. Um, so basically I started researching, first of all, are there other programs out there that kind of do this? Mm -hmm. Like other, other programs as far as like other school programs and kind of, okay, if there are, then how do they, structure kind of their curriculum so um actually yeah so yeah bartlett has a has a film and architecture program and then um sciarc in la yeah. has a has a postgrad um 
with um I think his name is Liam Young who does like experimental architecture and film he, he does like super awesome stuff so I heard about those and then basically the SIRE program has like a pretty detailed kind of explanation of how they how they set up that um their, their film and architecture program is like a one-year intensive course so nice. it's actually it's that yeah it's actually like 12 months of putting together this short animated film like basically like science fiction architectural film and how they how they set up their cur curriculum was like okay every year there's like a different theme um where they combine let's say like a a cultural trope with like um a cultural trope with like a current I guess architectural kind of like gray area mm -hmm. so like one of them oh, I'm trying to think one of them one of the short films that I saw was like uh oh my gosh I can't think this is like already <laughs> like nine months ago but nice. okay anyways what when it comes to me hopefully hopefully it will come to me but anyways yeah they they combine like a oh okay yeah one of them was nowadays you know with like Amazon Prime and stuff like that or like all these like online servers, um, you know, like Google Drive, etc., like Dropbox. Mm -hmm. A lot of the architecture being built nowadays are actually not for humans. So kind of like post anthropocentric architecture, right? Mm -hmm. So architecture for non-humans. So let's say you know push this push this idea one hundred years in the future, right? Like how do we design buildings for non-humans, or like what what does what does like a like our planet's landscape look like if let's say there's only a few humans left and it's just covered by like crazy amazon warehouses so that was kind of like one of the ideas oh, right which is yeah that's fascinating. yeah yeah super crazy right like it's something that's happening right now yeah and then their whole idea was like okay yeah push that in the future and then combine that with let's say you know put, put that in a country like let's say like india or canada and then make a film about that so nice. that's kind of how they set it up and i was obviously super inspired by that so I basically tried to emulate that kind of same structure. Um, and yeah, so to answer your question, Shinto animism or Shinto techno animism. So that's where that came in, right? Like I was researching, okay, what's a current cultural or like a kind of like a quirky or interesting kind of cultural phenomenon happening right now somewhere in the world? And then how could that, yeah, how could that be? and influence into architecture. Fascinating. I love these kind of ideas because I think the, the cool thing about these kind of concepts is that it's not deriving only from one field. It's like a mixture of science fiction, architecture, storytelling, combining all those different aspects together to create a really interesting end product. So that's yeah. pretty fascinating. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. while you were kind of developing this project from the ground up, you said you had to learn Blender from scratch. What was your learning process like? Where Because it's not like the professors were not teaching you Blender and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the great thing about Blender was, like I, I, I used it before in the past, but obviously with that new 2.8 release, it's like such a such a huge improvement, right? Game so, changer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like a huge game changer. So like, you know, I, I was just doing, you know, basic art like archivist stuff i was using like 3ds max and v-ray and like rhino and v-ray right like that's like for like architects like basically like your bread and butter as far as like archivist right mm -hmm. 
So um, I guess I guess I was drawn to it because yeah, like I I heard about that new two point eight release and kind of this like real time render engine. Um, so then I was like, yeah, hey, it's free. And then you know I saw kind of like some of the results that people were getting in it and like what you could do. And obviously the great thing about it was, or like another reason why I was drawn to it was like, it has such a great online community as far as like tutorials and learning stuff, right? So I'm like, hey, why not choose that as like my, my primary software? Um, and it was like very, or I don't want to say easy, but like at least I had like 3D fundamentals mm -hmm. in other programs, which helps, right? Like. So it, it wasn't like I was starting from nothing um, yeah. in that program, even though like I've never opened it in like a couple of years, right? So as far as like the learning curve, it was kind of like exponential, right? Like it's really slow, you know, get used to like the UI and stuff. But then, you know, after after you really dive into it and like start doing like project specific tasks, right? Then it kind of sped up. Nice. And yeah. while this program was happening, you said it's like an eight-month year where you have complete freedom to experiment with the short film. Were there any mm -hmm. other credits that you had to fulfill during this time period, or was it only the short film thesis? Yeah, yeah, good question. So there was so thesis was like obviously like your primary, I guess primary course, which kind of filled up, I'd say like sixty-five percent of your credits, mm -hmm. um, or like your your course credits. Um, so the rest were basically like um like a philosophy and theory right so very very i guess like technical kind of like literature heavy stuff which basically you know help you improve your writing right because yeah. in architecture school i'm sure same thing in india right like they don't really teach you kind of like how to write about it but then when they they always ask you to write about yeah it's it, kind right? of expected not, that you know that kind yeah. of things yeah, it's expected, but like, you're, you're like, you know, you basically never showed me how to do this and you're critiquing me like, you know, like some philosophy level stuff. Right. So yeah, basically those other courses were like to get you reading like, yeah, very technical stuff. And it, it's great because it, it, it does tell you how to, how to, how to talk about your work in like a very, you know, like high level manner, mm -hmm. right. Rather than like, oh, I did this or I did that. It's like, you're, you're really you're really talking about it in kind of like a, a deeper way as far as how how it works or like the technical or the non-technical aspects so yeah that's fascinating yeah i i like the way it's layered the way you've described the project there's like a technical aspect to it then there's like a philosophical aspect and a technological aspect to it and those multiple layers combined give a pretty interesting end product i wanted yeah. to know how did you arrive at the name of the project and what does it mean? Yeah, so so I guess um, the name of the project in Japanese just basically means shopping street. So it's basically like a uh, ba basically every culture ha has it, right? Like a like a street market, right? Yeah. Um, um, so in Japan, that's that's just basically what they call it. Um, it's like a it's like an urban typology, which is unique to Japan, I guess. Um, but yeah, basically, it's just like a, a street where, um, you know, there's like local businesses and like buildings close together and then they, I guess, conglomerate and then they put basically like a, a roof, a roof over that. And then that's the shopping guy. So just a shopping street. Fascinating. I wouldn't have, <laughs> yeah. I mean, ever guessed that because the film has such 
dramatic sci-fi tones to it but then the key word is like almost like a very mundane setting but then the mm-hmm. way you presented it it's quite fascinating mm-hmm. how, how did you go about developing the script for the film as a whole did you create storyboards for it first or were there uh, maybe some concept art that you had done before getting into 3d yeah so the whole idea for the narrative actually kind of stemmed from the ideas of the shinto techno animism so i guess i'll, I'll just like briefly describe it because it's yeah it's like a very kind of crazy philosophical concept but basically what it is um it's like in in shintoism um and i'm sure in buddhism i think it's very similar this idea of uh animating non-animate things right so shintoism is japan's native religion um and you know it it originated from their agricultural society right um where um again because it was like heavily based on agriculture that they would basically you know let's say like create other gods or like the mountains or like you know the rocks and they would animate these things as their let's say like gods right so that kind of idea has actually um again like you know this idea that i was talking about of like a cultural trope um so that idea of like animating non-animate things has continued nowadays and now nowadays the shinto religion has actually kind of like um, accepted that technology, like yeah, manly technology or even like engineered things can now be, let's say like blessed and animated, right? So I, I read that and I'm like, that's crazy, right? So basically yeah. you're telling me like, let's say this crazy engineered bridge can be blessed by let's say like Shinto priest and it's now like animated, right? So that's basically like a like a bridge or even like a robot, right? Or like something like that. Right? Like let's let's translate that to architecture and let's see, yeah, in um a future society or that future society, what what that future world looks like if let's say every every bit of technology was animated. Um so I guess with with that in mind, that was like kind of like the driving force of the narrative, right? Like how do you present this future landscape, um, this future agricultural landscape, uh, this future urban landscape and like the infrastructure, which ties that together. Um, how do you present that? And uh, yeah, like how do you show that in, in a short film? So that was kind of the, the catalyst for the, like the sequence of events and like the storyboards and stuff and stuff like that. That's fascinating. I love the concept. Absolutely. I mean, I really, really enjoy these kind of themes quite a bit. <laughs> and I think what really struck me when I watched the film for the first time was, I think the starting of this film is almost, like you said, it's like endless fields of agriculture. And then slowly you descend into the urban jungle, so to speak. And it kind of goes deeper and deeper into the technology, essentially. Yeah. Was that a conscious choice to transition from a more let's say natural setting to a more deeper technological setting or did that just evolve over time organically yeah no that that was definitely like super intentional um again like the shinto faith like kind of like the barriers between the the animate and the inanimate 
you know, as I was doing my research, right, like I was, I was learning more about this. So like those barriers um, between like also like our world, you know, the heavens and the underworld, mm -hmm. those barriers in the Shinto faith are like very, very permeable, right? They're very unclear. So like those kind of same, you know, conceptual ideas, I wanted to translate in the film so that, you know, those transition points um, between, let's say, like the above ground or the underground or like the field or like, the, you know, the vast like um mechanical kind of like agricultural field and the city that kind of um you know you you pick up on let's say similar elements or like the transition would be seamless right or you know those things would kind of blend into each other um basically to say like you know everything's interconnected basically as like a as like a baseline kind of concept so that that was a super conscious um thing from a technical standpoint um how how was that process of building out such elaborate sets because in some of the behind the scenes shots that you've shown there like quite a lot of buildings and quite a lot of architecture that's been developed like the street that you're talking about how long was that process like in terms of technically actually building those sets out and then finally rendering them out color grading them etc yeah so considering that i've never done this before right i mean when you're obviously, you know, doing it for the first time, you know, those first few scenes, those first few, you know, sets that you're building out mm -hmm. are like super painful, right? <laughs> like really, really slow. But then, you know, after you kind of find your workflow, you find like what works, what doesn't, and then it becomes basically like a lot faster, right? But again, we had, we had eight months for this. So basically the first four months, so eight months, two semesters, right? Four and four. Um, so the first four months was really basically nailing down. Um, so there's two deliverables, let's say one, one is like you have a, a written portion of your thesis. And then the second part is um, the project, like okay. whatever the project is. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the, the first four months was really nailing down like the written part, kind of getting that out of the way, okay. all the boring, you know, like theory and written stuff. Yeah. And then the last four months was really executing so yeah it was that was basically get like first four months getting all the writing out of the way and then you know doing like yeah doing the storyboards as well you know the the narrative the narrative text and yeah doing basically you know like some look dead stuff and like early concept art and then the last four months is really executing it right um and I guess like doing like doing the previs first, right? And then like yeah. actually executing it, right? So that was kind of like the process. So it was really like basically after after the holidays or after the new year, right? Those last four months were like super intense as far as yeah, actually like building that stuff out, right? Yeah. Like I had the previs already, right? Like, you know, ugly Matt Cap, blah, 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 right? And then the narrative, but then you're like, damn, you gotta make this look awesome, right? Um but yeah, it was like a super intense four months. And it's like, it's, I always say like project-based learning, like I'm sure, I'm sure like any concept artist, right? Like is basically in a sense, like a really serious personal project, right? Mm -hmm. Essentially. So yeah. So like, I mean, project-based learning, like you learn so much, right? Because you know what your end goal is. So you know, like kind of exactly what to look for as far as like executing those tasks. I mean, it's it's really great because you started off essentially with such a massive personal project that I'm sure it must have given you a lot of confidence beyond that to 
be able to create much more interesting and bigger projects from there on because creating a short film is a fairly daunting task at the beginning when you don't know how yeah. to approach it essentially so it's been great to actually see the deconstruction and the thought process behind that there was a narration that was happening throughout the film did you record that by yourself no so that that was actually basically like um uh one of the guys that i i worked with in japan um and friends with him and i'm like hey i'm doing a short film mm -hmm. he's obviously fluent in japanese right he's like hey could you translate or, or like i'm doing a short film and i want to have narrative text could you could you translate it for me and and basically like read it out as well so i got I got like he was totally down so I got him to do that and then I kind of like auto-tuned it mm -hmm. and then yeah basically yeah like in the in the final video edit yeah put that in that's awesome um, to, yeah to really tie it together and how about the music because that was also really a key essence and key, key part of the film itself added quite a lot of depth to it did you again collaborate with other people or how was that process no no, I mean, I would have loved to, but, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't in the budget. So I just found a really um, awesome artist. Um, Stars of the Lid is the artist that does that. And they do like these amazing, like, super amazing, like ambient kind of soundscape uh, soundtracks. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, just like a, a lot of listening to music that I enjoy. And then, you know, just when you're when you're doing the final edit, right, like just seeing what matches. Um, like honestly like again i've never done this before right so yeah. you know I, I had all my frames rendered and then when when you're adding yeah like the um you know the like the sound effects and like doing the sound design and adding the soundtrack and like the uh the narrative text like seeing it come together it's like the most amazing experience right yeah like uh i i've been seeing on your instagram you're you're close to dropping a short film yourself yeah, right it's coming close yeah yeah, and I'm sure you had that same moment, right? Where like, damn, this, this sucks, right? But then, but then you're putting it together and you're seeing it, or like seeing and hearing it for the first time, and it's like, yeah, that's an true. amazing experience. Right? It's really, it. I mean, it's such a dramatic change when you add those multiple layers in, because especially when you're stuck in that previous phase, even though you have all those ideas in your mind, until you actually put it out there and see it together, you you yourself don't know whether it works for real or not yeah because it's still like yeah, an yeah, yeah. intangible thought in your mind yeah like like when you're doing your short film like i don't know if, if you want to talk about kind of your experience like were there any moments where you know like you t you obviously like totally scrapped some shots and then being like okay this totally doesn't work or like you change shots based on like your sound design like as you're editing mm -hmm. and like going back and forth yeah that's happened quite a bit i mean there were quite a few shots that i had to ditch things that I had to rebuild after looking at the final product. And again, because the music is being done by two of my friends, okay. we are kind of collaborating together. And because it's it's the first time for them as well where they are scoring for a short film, as opposed okay. to building their own music and just songs that they write. So yeah. even the pacing of the edit kind of keeps changing. So initially the right. process was where I sent them a rough cut then they did a music on top of that. And then I had to re-edit the film based on certain beats and the kind of back and yeah. forth process happened. But yeah, it's been pretty a pretty good learning experience for me as well. Nice. What Was that your first short film that, that you, you put together? Yeah. yeah, yeah, this is the first short film. Right. Again, for me, it's quite similar to your thought process and mindset where you have so many ideas from different 
allied fields and combining those multiple ideas together gives a more interesting end product. So it's something that I wanted to do and of course inspired by a lot of other artists that I look up to. So yeah, yeah just kind of pushing that towards in that direction. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's great, man. I, I'm like, I'm super stoked to see you've been dropping some stills. They, uh -huh. they look pretty juicy. I'm excited to see a uh, final product. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. So how was the reaction on your end once you dropped the thesis project? What was the reaction of the teachers, the students out there? Because I'm sure they would have been blown away looking at that the first time. Yeah, honestly, like it, it was, I guess it was because it was so different, like the medium, right? Like, again, like Carlton, the, the cool thing about Carlton, uh, like the school that I was at is they've always had like a very strong kind of like creative culture. Like mm -hmm. the, way I, the way the school started was actually um, kind of like a, an extension of the engineering program. Um, but then they quickly broke away. And I guess like the group of professors uh, that were there, like at the very beginning, at the genesis of the school, were very much into pushing the agenda back then, right? So we're talking about like in the in the late 50s early mm -hmm. 60s right okay. so like that that kind of like super creative culture has always kind of stayed with the school so that's that's why that's why i love that school um but nowadays right obviously i'd say they're pushing the agenda less so or yeah i guess a student and a thesis project to like drop a short film like that it was it was pretty pretty crazy i guess right so yeah people were like damn like you can do that for a thesis project. I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> right? Nice, so, nice. I'm yeah, sure a lot yeah, of people so, must have been inspired by looking at that kind of a output. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope they are, right? Like, just, um, just like to, like, a lot of people, I mean, a, a thesis, I guess, is kind of a big deal. But at the same time, like, because you're spending, you're, you're investing like eight months of your life on it, right? Like, you, you want to make it enjoyable. Yeah. Right. So, you know, a lot of people I feel see it as this this box to check, right? Or just, you know, just something to, to do and get out of the way. But you know, you should really just see it as a as an opportunity to to learn something new or like, you know, really just pursue your passion um and like and like dive into your passion, right? So yeah. I mean if, if I can inspire future students, architecture students to, to do that for their thesis project, then I'm I'm happy. That's awesome. And this film also went into quite a few short film festivals, if I'm not wrong, right? How was that experience like? Yeah. So, I mean, I wish I wish I could have visit or have gone to some of those. Um, I mean, the experience was great, but at the same time, it's like I'm just at home, <laughs> oh, <okay>. right? <laughs> like, like, like I, yeah, like everything was digital, everything was online. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no, I'm super very very uh honored and like humbled that it was even selected for i i i got into four four short film festivals so yeah super Amazing. humbled by that yeah but yeah it was a great experience kind of like i guess connecting with those like film curators and just the event organizers but i mean yeah it would have been awesome to go to um like one of them was in rotterdam like the uh architecture yeah, and design film festival in Rotterdam um, which is a pretty big one for like the architectural film kind of industry or or community um, so yeah I would have loved to go 
go to that one but unfortunately nice. yeah I, I couldn't that's cool did you make any contacts through the process of getting selected and kind of collaborators that you found along the way through the film festival circuit um i guess there was yeah there's like a a couple of people that kind of reached out to me um but not not too many to be honest um like some of them like one of the film festivals was kind of like a like a startup film festival where the guy was actually like a, a music producer mm. on like the east, east coast of canada and this was kind of like just his side hobby right um so yeah it was like it was cool to be part of it but I, there, there weren't i guess too many connections um that kind of aroused from it or not as many as i hoped um yeah i guess that's where that aspect of actually physically being yeah. in the festival is when you yeah. are able to make those connections yeah like it's yeah exactly right like let's say when you're physically there right and like being like oh yeah you're the guy who did this like i loved your work and like vice versa right mm -hmm. um yeah when you're online it's i don't know it's a, it's a totally different kind of community and feel to it yeah do you see yourself kind of going down deeper into this line where you're developing more short films and essentially using that as your primary medium of expression. Yeah, I, I think like I'm sure you know Sava Zivkovic. Yeah. Um, I, I guess like what he does is kind of like the most inspirational thing. And, and obviously like Ashdorf, I, I saw, I, I know yeah. like we're all, we're all a huge fan of him, right? Like, um, but like, especially uh, kind of like Sava and what he does where like he's basically like a, I guess like a director kind of for pitching like AAA games and like, you know, like playgrounds, you know, he, he did opening titles for that. Mm -hmm. So kind of like that kind of work where I'm pretty sure like he's, he's still freelance, but you know, he would be on these like very like longer term projects, basically like directing this like short film, whether it would be like a pitch, um, you know, for a video game or, or sorry, not a pitch, but like a final trailer or something like that. Um, so like basically like directing those kind of things. I think that would be that would be like super interesting um, for me personally. But obviously I still got a lot to learn. So I'm not sure if yeah if maybe that's the route that I want to go. But um, I definitely yeah I, I definitely want to get kind of like better at or yeah not only better at but maybe or for sure like constructing you know new new short films you know just like ash like you know every every project kind of has like an associated short film with it right yeah. um yeah and, and kind of like presenting your personal work in that way um, yeah that i love is, the way really he exciting. especially presents his work there's almost like an art of presentation itself with his work it's not just about releasing the work it's there's so much narrative and design in the way he yeah. showcases his work as well and I think yeah. that really highlights the amount of thought process across the project because I'm quite guilty of just, let's say, doing a painting and just releasing the final painting and not yeah. really talking much about it and why that's been done. But I yeah. think I've learned from his approach to kind of document the process quite a bit more along the way. Yeah, like, like do, you, do you listen to his podcast, The, the Collective? Podcast? Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. that's nice. one of the biggest inspirations to start my own podcast as well, so right right Been yeah like for a while yeah yeah no i i listen to his all the time it's like super great and i know what he always stresses is like like as 
like the more he talks about his work um as far as like kind of his evolution like now he's really talking about um you know like stressing learning about the storytelling aspect of it mm -hmm. right because at the end of the day i mean and anything as far as like the stuff that we're doing is really like i mean that's 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 it right like the story that you're telling whether it's an image or like even through the design of something right it's all it's all all about thinking about like what what is the story that that thing is trying to communicate right so yeah like i mean that that's like totally changed my approach and yeah thinking about like everything you do mm. is trying to tell like make that story memorable is like first of all it's like super hard to do <laughs> right yeah it's but almost I mean, like you're developing it, a parallel project just to document all that things along yeah. the way yeah yeah for sure but i mean like one, once you nail it it's like you know it's yeah it may it makes your design or like whatever you're doing like that much more amazing right mm, that's true yeah I also, also saw, think, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, you, you had also dropped like a small teaser of some sh uh, Star Wars setting short film. What's all that about? Oh, so yeah, so that, that was just uh, like another uh, personal project. Basically, that was like my first project that I really wanted to experiment with like uh, substance and kind of like the whole Quixel mega scans kind of workflow with okay. Blender. So yeah, that was, it, it actually wasn't, uh, intended to be like a, a longer short film. It was just basically those two shots, mm -hmm. basically to make this like cool uh, Star Wars environment from A, a New Hope, I think. Um, and yeah, just just basically playing around with those two workflows. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I got the sense that maybe you're kind of teasing to something <laughs> bigger that's gonna be coming out later down the line, but that's all right. So are you currently developing anything else, something that Maybe, I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So right now I'm kind of taking a break with my client work and I'm sure you know, Ajay Majurabev, uh, I'm, I'm doing one of those mentorship classes with him awesome. um, with with a group of, there's about 10 of us. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm doing right now. Um, we just started, we're like a week and a half in. Mm -hmm. So it's like a five week course. So that's currently currently what I'm doing right now. Is that the one where it's concept art for films? Yeah, yeah, okay. concept art for films. I think it's with uh, with MVP School. Mm -hmm. um, it's like that, that online online uh, course. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what you come up with after that. Yeah, I, actually, like like I was thinking, basically, once this course is over, I was thinking, hey, like if I'm happy with it, I can I can spend some time and use basically all that stuff and then turn that into like another short film. Um, since he's basically like he's having us work through, you know, that whole like industry pipeline, right? As far as building your ideas, storyboarding, keyframing, right? Like all those things, like assets, props, and then you know, final shot development, set dressing, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, I, I was thinking if yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm sure I'll I'll put in some hours and make it look awesome, and then hopefully yeah, hopefully turn that into a short film afterwards. Um, Awesome. In the future. Yeah, that yeah. should be fun. That should be fun. Um, yeah. Are you also, like, before you took the break from the professional work, were you doing any built architecture work as well? Or was it only the digital side of things that you were tackling? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the architecture firms I was working for before, 
it was kind of just a mix of like um, you know doing doing architectural visualizations for them as well as like kind of more architectural you know like drawing sets like details like schematic design mm -hmm. um, stuff like that but as far as like personal um, stuff I guess like you need a license for that right so um, I guess yeah there was none of that happening oh, so, so just... in Canada you need to write another exam after completing your master's as well exactly yeah okay. yeah um yeah and it's like there's so there's one for there's uh multiple tests that you can write um if you want to practice let's say all around north america and then one for just canada and obviously mm -hmm. the one for just canada it's like shorter it's like four tests versus the one for like canada usa is like uh like seven tests mm -hmm. so it's it yeah it's quite a lengthy process and on top of that <clears throat> before you can start writing them, you need to log a certain amount of hours in professional practice. So actually working under a licensed architect at a firm. So it's a super, super long uh, process. Well, that is indeed a long process because in India, <laughs> yeah. once you graduate from your bachelor's degree, you can just start working on your own. Yeah, yeah. What? That's, I know that like I did, I was lucky enough to do exchange in Madrid mm -hmm. and it's the same thing over there. It's like a, it's like a five-year undergrad course. And then they're like, yeah, once, well, once we finish this, I mean, Hey, we can start building like real <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, what? Yo, that's crazy. Um, yeah. It's insane that. Yeah, it's and, and, and I think, yeah. And I think Japan, Japan as well. It's, it's the same thing. Um, there's none of this or sorry, like in Japan, you still have to write your license thing but like no one does a master's because you don't need it hmm, interesting yeah it's quite fascinating how different countries have such different hierarchies of rules just to start practicing professionally in architecture but yeah i guess that reflects on the kind of architecture that comes out as well yeah I, I feel like in Canada or like North America like the way they set it up it's just like a money grab <laughs> right like like okay like keep keep these guys in school longer right so they pay more for tuition over like you know longer point of time Quite right possible. and then yeah yeah I mean it's good and bad because <clears throat> in theory like unlike concept art which you know technically anyone like you don't really need schooling no, to do yeah. this kind of stuff right like anyone can kind of dive into it or just like let's say in other countries like like in europe again like i was saying like spain you just do your undergrad write a couple tests and then you're done right um or like in india right like i mean it's good and bad because there's more competition so that raises i feel like that raises like a baseline mm -hmm. of like you know the good stuff but like in canada i guess what they're trying to do is kind of present or prevent let's say all the not so good stuff right from let's say actually getting you know, built. people yeah getting built right but i feel like it's done the opposite it's made things like more mediocre hmm. like in in my opinion like from a design point of view right and our cl our climate doesn't really help right like versus like india like you guys can do like crazy like single pane glass stuff right whereas over <laughs> yeah. here it's like triple glazing everything because it's it's like minus 30 out right like during the winter that's true so, i never actually thought about that and that of course must be affecting the construction schedules as well because you probably can't build for a couple of months a year actually no construction here man it it goes it goes 365 it it doesn't stop oh, interesting <laughs> yeah
but yeah as far as like when like when things start to get built it definitely affects that right mm -hmm. like obviously spring and summer it's like super intense and then it, it definitely slows down like usually you never start a project obviously during december to march okay that makes it's sense. cold right but 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 people yeah people construct through that that time yeah in terms of your inspiration where you're drawing all these ideas from apart from the cg community in terms of the concept art and short film side of things what are the other sources of inspiration that you're looking at maybe from the architecture world or books anything yeah that's a good question i mean right now because i'm i'm like basically trying to transition in, into let's say like the film or like concept art uh industry i'm really like focusing on that stuff right mm -hmm. so like uh, obviously, like Learn Square is like a huge resource. I've taken, I've, I've bought some courses from those guys. Um, but as far as like architecture, I mean, the um, kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you would agree. Like the training that we have as architects, I think I'm really grateful for because it teaches you kind of like a lot about design principles and basically like problem solving skills, which I think. I think we, as if you have a training as an architect, you, you have a huge advantage because yeah. right. Like architecture, as you know, like it pulls from like so many like random unrelated stuff, mm -hmm. but it, it, it kind of all becomes very related and connected within a single, like let's say building project, right. And concept art, you know, as you know, it's like very similar. So I feel like as far as like drawing inspiration from, um, maybe maybe not so much i mean there's still obviously great architecture right that you can draw inspiration from but i mean kind of like the fundamentals that we have through our education and kind of like that design process and like design thinking i think is like a, a huge advantage so that's where like like when, when i'm approaching any kind of let's say concept art problem problem it's like you know those fundamentals are, are what i'm i'm drawing from so your, your main takeaway has been more about the approach and the mindset that's needed to tackle larger projects or some complicated design pr problems that need to be solved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's like when you're, even when you're constructing an image or like, you know, trying to design something, kind of that whole, that whole research phase, as far as, you know, you know where, where like where to draw inspiration from or like you know the parameters let's say of that design right it's like that's very kind of architectural in the way that i approach that right mm -hmm. as far as like yeah like where to look for that source material let's say or like you know real world examples right um like i like it, it's it's like one of those things where you know you go on art station and and you look for like a, a mecca or like robot design right is like literally like millions of mecha designs right <laughs> yeah but obviously, obviously like some of them or like if you're into anime like when you look at those like akira designs or like you know designs in like ghost in the shell like even though they're like super old like like from the 70s and 80s right it's like they're that much more believable because like the design principles behind those it's like those guys understood like real mechanics yeah. you know real engineering right so it's like the same thing, you know, like with buildings or like when I'm thinking about an image or like, you know, doing, doing like conceptual architecture, right? It's like that same thing. It's like everything, even though it's like obviously far-fetched, it's like the parameters, I'm still trying to make it all work 
make it like that much more believable. Yeah, that way to approach a larger project is so important, right? Especially as you start going more into that directorial and short film route, the project lens will keep getting bigger and bigger and the requirements to satisfy and fulfill that project will get greater. And I guess as you start collaborating with people, that's when the real architectural training kicks in because like you said, you have to talk to, talk to so many people. So many people need to collaborate to get a building done. So that's quite a key yeah. skill. And I think the biggest takeaway for me personally was just communication. I think so many artists get almost miss out on that skill, I feel, while just developing their technical skill. But yeah. in architecture, you kind of have to talk when you're presenting your design. There's no other way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like it, it boils down to like um, communicating like how you want the story told, right? Like to, let's say those other departments, right? Like for, like for your short film, like um, I, I know you said you have two other friends who are doing like the sound design yeah. and the soundtrack, but like for the actual like visuals and production and rendering, is it just yourself or are there? No, for the visuals, there that? are three more friends of mine who are helping out with various aspects of it but majority of the work i have done but the kind of this the production side of things that my friends are helping out with they are doing certain key things which i don't know how to do so it's it's almost like their work is as essential in terms of their contribution yeah but you're you're the one kind of like assembling everything together in in the scene right yeah yeah Right. And, and I, I guess you've worked with them before, like they're, they're your friends or? Yeah, I mean, they are my friends, but in terms of working on a project together, this is the first time for all of us. First time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so how has that experience been? Cause like, obviously, yeah, your friends, you know them, right. But then you're, you know, you're trying to do something, I guess, like, like a professional kind of project. Right. Mm-hmm. So how has that experience been for you as far as like the communication and like, you know, like if push comes to shove, like there's like an important decision to make. Like how was that whole thing been for you? Hmm. It, it's been a, I think, a pretty fascinating learning experience for me, first of all, because yeah. just assembling the team itself requires quite a lot of planning in terms of knowing which person to reach out to. And there are often times when you know somebody is a good artist, but maybe they don't have the time to devote to somebody else's project. And so that yeah. kind of comes in. So just kind of assembling the team together. And one thing I realized was that I almost pitched my idea to my friends too soon. Like I wasn't ready with all the items and designs that I needed at first. So that's a big learning experience for me henceforth where I start doing my second short film to have a lot more of the content ready before I start approaching other people. But in terms of the decision-making, that's been a pretty interesting journey for me, like because they are experts in what they are providing. So it's kind of hard to say no to them sometimes. That's <laughs> yeah. not working out for what I need to do, but yeah. also trusting them with what they are providing. That's also quite important. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Like, I mean, I, I guess the, like the first thing that I would comment on is like, again, like, uh, you know, one of my one of my first jobs was in like a small architecture firm. It was like four people, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, the cool thing about working in that environment is like you hear everything right so like all those client meetings yeah. and honestly that like the great thing about that was like um like when you're working in any team out like i mean at least in architecture it's like even even let's say if, if you don't have the stuff ready it's about kind of like communicating the right things at the right time and like just enough information <laughs> at the right time right like so not giving right basically not showing 
your 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 hand of cards, right? Yeah, so I feel yeah. like that's that's kind of the same thing, right? Like if you're a director, where like like I would, I would even say like, hey, like you know, you, you don't need to tell them everything, just just like enough, right? So to be completely honest, but, I mean, since this is the first time for me as well, I was just learning from my art director in my professional yeah. setting, where I'm just looking at how he manages much much larger teams and right. almost emulating the way he interacts with people. And he's like far right. senior to me, like close to 15, right. 20 years in the industry. So it's been just kind of learning from them. Right. By the way, you brought up an interesting point where you were talking about the firm where there was just four people. What are the mm -hmm. various scales of studios that you've worked in? Yeah, so I, I basically worked in like small, medium, large. So yeah, that was, that was my first job is like four people. Um, they were like a very very like super design oriented firm mm -hmm. um which is great because i mean you're, you're basically it was kind of like a like a master apprentice kind of relationship where like you're working alongside let's say like the ceo right like mm -hmm. the principal like yeah. designer right so you you get to see like every move that they do as far as like their their architectural design so that was like other an amazing experience and then the one in the one in Japan, um, in Tokyo, that was like about uh, twelve people. Um, so that's I'd say for an architecture firm, that's actually like a medium size, right? It's like twelve to thirty people medium. Mm -hmm. And then um, the like the large kind of corporate office that I worked at, that was like they had. Two, two, three offices in Canada, and each one of those offices was about a hundred people. Ooh, wow. So, yeah. So the Toronto office was, yeah, about like a hundred and twenty people. Um, so, yeah, basically worked in kind of every every scale practice. That's interesting. How, what was your, let's say, takeaway from your experiences over there? Which one did you relate to the most in terms of your approach towards design? Yeah, definitely, definitely the small the the small firm and the medium firm just because like i i mean the great thing about that is like you're in like a super tight-knit uh community right so you know you you can get feedback and like decisions like very quickly right because mm -hmm. you know you're just you're just asking let's say your your um your boss or like your director like right away right whereas you know like in a in a large corporate firm you know there's all this hierarchy Right? Yeah. as far as you know like if you want to make a decision or like you know um basically yeah if you want to do anything right like you got to weigh on it or like set up a meeting and blah 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 and there's all these steps right um and then even after the meeting you have to have like meeting minute notes and like stuff like that <laughs> and then like there's a structure to that right so yeah. it's like you, right you can't get feedback let's say like instantly right so I mean, it, it, it's good and bad. Like, I get why those practices are in place, um, but I don't know for, especially since that was, let's say like the last kind of um, job or sorry, like the last large firm, like corporate firm that I was working at. Mm -hmm. And I'd say it would be like my first and last. Like it was a great experience, but like, yeah, as far as like working in the field of architecture, like that's one thing that I don't know, I, I just don't enjoy it. Some people like it, but I just, I, I don't enjoy it. I guess when it comes to larger firms, there is also a sense of stability and security because to run a hundred people studio, it yeah, means that sure. your business practices are in order. So I guess some people need that more. In yeah, yeah, 
No, I, I, I 100% like some people, yeah, some people like that for sure, that, that kind of atmosphere, which I totally get. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe just because I'm younger, right? Um, you know, I'm oh. sure, yeah. Like when, when you have a family, like blah, 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 I, I get it, right? Like yeah. you totally want that st- like stability, like um, also, you know, like health insurance, you know, all those other benefits that you get. So yeah, I, I totally get it. But I guess I'm just at like a different stage in my career, you know? Yeah, definitely. Going yeah. forward, are you interested in pursuing architecture as a profession any further beyond this point, or do you want to like just focus in one direction from from here on? Yeah, that, honestly, that's a tough question. I'd say like right now, right now, I feel like I'm kind of in in limbo mm-hmm. as far as you know what what direction I want to pursue. So you know, I I, I kind of want to get my feet wet and really kind of dive more into this you know the concept art um industry film industry like video game um realms so like i want to give myself an opportunity at at doing that for you know a bit longer Mm -hmm. um so i would say yeah i i want to kind of like drop architecture but i mean that's obviously like a great backup right or even just doing even just doing like archbiz professionally right um that's still associated with architecture so that's kind of where i'm at now interesting and of course, most of the countries have been in lockdown for quite a while now. How has your, let's say, job getting ability been over the last couple of months, especially since you're essentially been freelancing? Yeah, um, I guess, I guess when you're like, I'm not sure what your experience has been. Like, I'm sure you've done some freelance projects as well, right? Um, I, I, I actually work in-house, so. Okay. Okay. I luckily haven't had to deal with that sort of things. Okay. During okay, this period. Cool. Yeah. I guess since I was just starting out, like you know, about uh, about a year and a half ago, um, a lot of it was just like asking, you know, pre- previous employers or like yeah, previous contacts, like, hey, this is like, th- this is something that like I want to do professionally, or like, actually, here's like my personal projects, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, do, do you, like do you need this service, right? Or like. Do you, do you want to do something like this? And I've been really lucky that when, whenever I've asked, they basically reply being like, hey, actually, yeah, that's perfect. Like we, we have this project that's coming up and we actually want to test these things or like we need to execute like this animation or like this render. So yeah, we, we would be happy to take you on board as like a freelance contractor. So I've been like really lucky over the past like year, year and a half um, to have those opportunities. Wow, um, that's awesome which is great because like honestly yeah it, it was like you know last last may you know when i was graduating right we're in the middle of the lockdown like mm-hmm. the pandemic just hit north america it's like shit was hitting the fan right and it's like our whole class was graduating and we're like you know there, there, there's gonna be no jobs <laughs> right and i was like i was like damn yeah it's looking pretty grim but yeah I've yeah been, i've been very very fortunate that, that's awesome that's really good to hear dude because i know Quite a few of my juniors and batchmates who are into architecture, they definitely had some issues down the road as well because of quite a lot of reduced construction activity all across the place. Yeah. So yeah. the projects kind of dried up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like it's still it's still very like, you know, up and down, you know, like you're like it's basically people are going like month to month, right? As mm-hmm. far as you know, so, sometimes like clients, you know clients like pull out of the project right because yeah their funds dried up 
and vice versa. And then sometimes you have, you know, like it, it could be like one week to the next where the next week you're like swamped with like three new clients, like just randomly, right? Even though you lost like four clients, yeah. like the previous week, right? So it's like, it's very like, yeah, very uncertain, very not steady. So, yeah. But it's good. Like, yeah, so, I think this also gives you enough time to kind of build up your body of work. And now it'll get much easier for you to scout for work from here on. I yeah. Yeah, I, I hope so. So, so you, so you said you're working in-house at a, at a, a production company or? Yeah, so I work at Rockstar Games as a concept okay. artist. So nice. that's like my full-time job and all these other Sweet. projects are just on my free time. Nice. I, I guess a question that I have for you. Um, so was, was this your first kind of uh, job as far as concept design or have you been working in like different, uh, I guess, different offices or like different firms doing concept art? No, so for me, the only other professional experience was when we did our architecture internship. Right. And that was my only architectural experience, so to speak. Then after studying at FZD, I started working at an art outsource studio in India called Dhruva Interactive. Okay. And okay. they essentially got taken over by Rockstar. So essentially oh, okay. merged with the studio. So it's just been okay. continuing like that. Oh, I think, well, I think, I think you cut out for a sec. Okay. You're, you're good now. Yeah. How, how was that? How has your experience been from working in Rockstar games? Um, like, it, is this something that you want to stay in like for the next little while? Or do you want to eventually, um, I guess when, when, when the situation improves, maybe try and try and branch out and do something different? I think for now, for the time being, I like the, stability of a full-time job because I'm doing a lot of things on the side like the short film podcast yeah and I need time to establish strong pipelines for all these things so that if and when I choose to make the move I have all these things in place and then I can freely maneuver from there on because right. up until now it, it's only been concept art which is which is like a very short scale thing in terms of the timelines but like yeah. you know something like short films take much, much longer to do. So I guess I kind of want to get deeper into that side of things first and then take a call. But again, right now, everything is in such a flux, right? You really don't know yeah. how things are. Yeah. So yeah. just kind of having that for now is a good thing for me. Nice. So, so would you eventually be more interested in like the, the like directorial aspect of yeah, I actually, like I mean, uh, in terms of what you were describing earlier, the kind of route that you want to go down, it's essentially yeah. the same thing that I want to pursue right. as well. So that, cool. that, that was actually another reason why I wanted to talk to you because our background mm -hmm. studies and the kind of work that we're doing now yeah. has a lot of similarities and parallels to them. So I wanted to know how, how you are approaching essentially going right. about your work. Right, right. Have what, you, what's cut? Sorry. Go oh, ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, no, oh, yeah. I, I was gonna ask. Like, obviously, you have a you have a pretty good like three D background, but um, like what, like your your day to day stuff? Is it mostly um, like, il like illustrative? So, like, really like doing quick kind of concept illustrations rather than spending uh, like just, a lot of time I, to like set I, up. I actually 3D? can't talk about any studio related stuff at oh, all okay, due okay. to NDAs. Okay. So, I apologize right. for that. 
but right. in terms of just developing my own pipeline ever since architecture times i've been super into 3d by right. myself so i've been like right. back in the day it was sketchup and then while in fzd i picked up blender as well and after right. that it's just been blender and i also picked up fusion 360 down the road i've been doing a lot of hard surface designs in that and i've actually been doing a lot of architecture designs in fusion 360 as well right and that's been quite helpful for me because of how precise it is so yeah essentially bringing those in and then the same pipeline that you're following essentially with mega scans and quixel and stuff like that to yeah. populate the scene yeah doing like like fusion is i i haven't dived into it but it's basically cad right so yeah. i mean like for hard surface stuff it's it's like again since i have a background in architecture too right like sketchup and rhino were the first two things that i learned right so mm -hmm. like because i do a lot of hard surface stuff as well like i find like uh you know poly modeling is just the worst yeah. i just can't wrap. like i i know it but it's just the worst right as far as like doing stuff it's like yeah like cad for me just makes it is just so much more enjoyable right but i completely it, agree it, 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 it is what it is it's almost like when you design in cad it feels like you're designing on paper essentially because you can yeah just manipulate the forms in such a it's in such a more organic manner it just is more conducive yeah. to design i feel yeah yeah i i guess it's just our training right like i'm sure if we started right away in like po like poly modeling i'm sure we'd be like oh rhino sucks or like fusion <laughs> sucks <laughs> right But i'm pretty I, sure I, yeah that's <laughs> yeah as you've gone deeper into developing these short films have you now essentially built up a collaborative team for down the road when you start doing bigger projects actually no i mean that that's one thing that i'm i'm always curious right it's like hey if if i kind of want to tackle a next project like i definitely want to like maybe collaborate with someone right mm -hmm. um i i guess like i i do have i do have like two friends who are like really kind of like really into like the whole like cg one or or sort of like cg cg industry and are, and are pretty good at that but i mean the thing is they they've both got full time jobs right mm -hmm. so it's it's that whole thing about you know like make, like making the time right like using your free time so i i guess that's been a challenge but i i'm always looking for like quality but yeah at the moment i guess to answer your question yeah mm -hmm. i i don't have any like like any anyone like penned in let's okay. say for like going to do a project interesting i guess when the need arises you'll just somehow find people to collaborate with at that point yeah like like the, you like your friends like did you go to school with them i guess in in singapore or mm, with one of them i did he was my classmate yeah. in fzd one of them yeah. was a classmate in school and then in architecture college so it kind of i have known them for a while but we never actually worked together on anything so Yeah. It was just kind of approaching them for this work. Cool. But yeah, it's it's almost tricky, right? Because when you have to convince somebody else to help you with your project, you need to really sell them on your vision. How how do you go about doing something like that? I guess that's that that's a tough question, right? Cuz I mean again it boils down to that like storytelling aspect right um and yeah like how do you yeah like how, how do you basically sell an idea to a client i mean there's so many different ways to going 
to going about it, right? But I guess, I guess the basic is, or, or, or the base thing is just to be, have passion for kind of what you're doing and kind of like really believing in your idea but it's a tricky one because you know especially like if you're doing you know like yourself like a like a personal short film or something like that right like like unless you have like a let's say like a team of friends that are like already very established right and like let's say everyone kind of knows their roles and they're good at their roles then it's easier but i guess if you're trying to build that from scratch right as far as yeah just like making those connections and like selling that idea to someone who's let's say like you don't know personally very well kind of mm -hmm. like what they like or dislike right or just like just how they work right i mean that's like that's super tricky to go about do you think working and interacting with clients on the architecture side has at least prepared you for something like that down the line yeah no for sure it, it definitely has um like i said um you know that that first job that I was at was that small office kind of seeing how, how they interact with clients and just like how they like you know our, our client presentations how how they set those things up um you know I, I can't see it being that much different as far as like the structure or like the idea behind like how you pitch an idea so I think yeah there's a lot of similarities um and I've definitely like you know kind of taking notes as far as like how to do that and, and how to set that up and, and even like how I'm how I kind of like pitch kind of like what I do you know like for my archviz projects um it, it all kind of comes from that same foundation mm -hmm. if I recall correctly at the end of Shotengai there was a sequence which was like live action in the middle of the yeah. streets of Japan how, how different was it for you in terms of the way you were designing the shot, so to speak, where in 3D, all through the initial four, five minutes, you had 100% control over what you were putting on screen. And now when you switch to live action, it's essentially open-ended, anything can happen. How, how did you approach the two different challenges? Yeah, so that was a tricky one because um, like like I have, I have, uh, I have some background knowledge of photography and videography. Um, in, in again in my undergrad they that was like a core course as far as like photography and like multimedia kind of fundamentals so I've always been interested in that and I've always pursued that but I, I never really kind of like up until that point up until making Shoten Guy I really never dived that much into the videography aspect um, I was just just doing photography so um, a lot of it was you know, kind of just learning, learning as I as I went, right? Um, and you know, I, I had the previs down by 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 the time I went to Japan, mm -hmm. I had the previs down. I, I had the narrative laid out, and they had some, uh, you know, a lot of locations kind of scouted beforehand. You know, like thank God for Google Street View, right? Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the most amazing, right? It's the most amazing thing. So yeah, like I had those locations scouted out. But I mean, when you're there, it's obviously like totally different, right? As far as like the atmosphere, like, you know, the people and mm -hmm. and everything like that. So a lot of it was, yeah, just like kind of like intuitively going about it and, and you know, taking as much footage as, as possible. And then, you know, when I, when I came back to Canada, just, I mean, spending a lot of time in the editing room, right? Just, mm -hmm. it's like that the edit is where it really comes together. So definitely, yeah. 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 It I was curious also regarding the equipment, what kind of 
camera were you using and did you have any other gimbals or attachments while able to maintain that let's say really steady footage in that yeah. sequence yeah yeah so i i, I was using a panasonic gh5 um with a, a leica lens i forget i forget the other details about it um mm -hmm. but yeah pretty standard and then i i did have a I, I do have a gimbal. It's like a, a Zion Crane. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of that brand before, but they sure. make pretty. I'll, I'll send you a link later. Um, but they make like super affordable like uh, gimbals. Um, and it, yeah, yeah, it was like a an electronic one, so you can actually like pre-program some shots, right? So you you have your camera mounted, and then um, it's awesome. They have a an iPhone app, um, and then yeah, you can like program your shot. Um, I, it's got like a built-in tripod on the base right so you could like pre-program your shot right to like pan let's say for like this direct this duration like 30 seconds or like 10 seconds um so yeah i was doing that for a lot of the shots and like all like most of the shots were actually just like handheld mm -hmm. um with with the stabilizer which which really helped that's awesome because there were a couple of shots where the camera was rolling and that looked so beautiful because of the yeah. smooth motion of it. I was really curious how you got that on yeah. camera. Yeah. 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 Honestly, pretty, pretty standard setup, man. Just yeah, gimbal and, and a GH5. That, that camera is awesome. Like mm -hmm. if you ever, like, if you ever want to, let's say, upgrade your camera or get like a, a nice, like camera like that for like a kind of like an intro package. So yeah, super, super awesome setup. Awesome. Cool, man. I think we're at one and a half hours at this point. It's been a pretty interesting yeah. conversation so far. Yeah, dude, it's been awesome. I, I usually like to close the conversation with this question about the future. And what do you have planned for, say, five to 10 years down the line? Do you plan that yeah. far ahead or how do you approach your life and career? Yeah, that's a that's another good question. I would say like I said, right now, how I'm kind of in like a limbo phase is, you know, between like concept art and doing like arch biz or like more architecture related stuff. Um, like I said, right now, I kind of want to dive more into the concept art stuff as far as like giving, because again, I haven't been doing it for that long. Right. So I want to give myself, you know, an opportunity to work in that industry and really, really like dive into it and see, see if it works for me. So I'd say, yeah, for the next five years, at least, I really want to do that stuff, whether it be like AAA video games or like, yeah, working in film or television or like even, um, I, I have some friends in production design as well, awesome. um, which is like obviously super related to architecture as far as like designing those sets, right? And taking the stuff from the concept artist, yeah. right? So like, yeah, so like doing that kind of work, um, and yeah, yeah, like trying, like you know, doing it for like a long period of time to really see it, see if it's for me. Um, so that's that's kind of like my my only goal right now. <laughs> awesome, dude. Yeah, wish you the best of luck for all these various endeavors that you're planning. You've got quite a lot of things going on, so it'll be <laughs> fun to see how it pans out. Awesome. Yeah. Th thanks for having me on the show. Super, super uh, humbled to uh, be asked to do this. It, it was a great. Great, uh, great opportunity. Yeah. And it was great talking to you. Really, absolutely. really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Let's stay in touch and yeah, yeah. looking forward to what you come up with next. Yeah, thanks, man. Right. Looking forward to your short film. Thank you.
Bye. 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 Bye.